Welcome to the Mindful Surfer podcast with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, Liam Morgan. Liam, <laughs> we're, here, we're here again, aren't we? We are here again. I'm so, <laughs> so we did this yesterday in a, as you saw from the social media clip, in a very hot studio. We didn't, I'm saying we, we didn't press record, record but we had a great chat and there's lots of rich content to sort of hopefully we'll go back through. Um, but it's so, so much hotter now that in this version of the podcast, if there was a webcam in here, Will is down to his pants. This is not uncommon in my life. We've talked about nudity before, but I, I'm very, very happy nude. I, I love, love being nude. Skinny dipping. Mm-hmm. Oh, when was the last time you skinny, skinny dipped? How would you say that in the past tense? Skinny dap. Skinny dap. Welcome to the Naked Surfer podcast. I still want to do this Naked Surfer. I mean, we talked about this anyway. on a previous show, didn't we? Have you, have you, when, when was the last time you skinny dipped? Not for a long time, actually. Nobody wants to see my 44-year-old hairy butt running but, into the waves. But, but I'm asking you, like, when? Come on. When was specifically... You must have. Have you skinny dipped before? Yeah, but I think it's a couple of, f- couple fair few years ago in a swimming pool the last time I was in Swimming pool? Here we yeah. go. Here we go. Where were you? <laughs> Just on some wild weekend with the lads, yeah. was it? Has your mum not told you about our last uh, holiday? Today? Hey, <laughs> here now, he goes. And now we're back. Here he goes. Now, listen, we have got a fairly limited window today, haven't we? Because we're doing this as a take two. So we're going to rattle through. So you might, as a listener, be happy with the fact that this is a shorter version of the podcast. You got to go to a call. Is that what it is? Yeah, I've got it. Um, Will and I do have jobs outside of this. Uh, well, I didn't really. You, no. you have an actual one. I, I pretend to have one. Yes. So we we are racing through, but it's nice to be back and nice nice to be being recorded. So where should we start? I'll ask you. What's the news, Will? What's this the news? is cool. I don't normally get asked what the yeah. news is. The news is for me. I've just had a cold shower because it's really hot, but I like to do cold showers anyway. Cold therapy, and there was no curtain rail. In the bath because mm. it's being washed, so I've made an absolute mess. So my ah. dear wife will arrive home to a pool of water on the floor yeah. in the shower. But the house is reasonably tidy. It's not too bad. I, I have got a wetsuit arriving by none other than Need Essentials. We were talking about. We didn't talk about this on the podcast actually. No, now it really is news, and we've done. A, yeah. we, we, in some of our episodes, we, we've talked about kit. Um, we're big fans of Lost surfboards, and uh, when it comes to wetsuits, big fans of O'Neill. What I've never explored is this Need Essentials brand. And if you're unaware of, of who they are, check them out online. They have a UK, Europe store as well as worldwide, I think. They're in America as well as Australia. From Australia originally. But a really clever brand because they've they've said that, look, we, we're not going to put X amount of funding into our marketing. And, and what yeah. that's going to mean is it's going to make the cost of your suit roughly about 40% less. Yeah. But you're still going to get yeah. A-grade wetsuit material, double-blind stitched seams, um, Japanese uh, limestone. Yeah. That's what it is. So just a really, really high quality suit. The same level of quality as an XL yeah. or an O'Neill or, or Vizsla and these kind of brands. And um, yeah, just way, way cheaper. So I'm just really interested to see how it goes. I ordered a large tool yeah. thinking that's the size they actually need. It arrived. I tried it on. A little bit loose around the neck. So yeah. I then discovered I've got a slightly thin neck, which is a bit of a weird one. Pencil neck. I've got a bit of a little bit of a pencil mm. neck, which actually then reminds me I've probably more built my body over the years than I have naturally got a frame yeah. like this because I, from my rugby days, kind of worked on it tremendously. Yes. To obviously be much more built than I am now even. But actually, my bone structures are quite thin. I've got quite thin wrists, quite thin neck. You haven't got a James Haskell neck. I've definitely not got a James Haskell neck. But you know how like some people have got that mm. genetic of thick bones and thick neck and thick yeah. wrists and all that yeah. kind of stuff? Yeah, I definitely don't have that. So I've gone back to medium tool. It's arriving today. I've asked DHL to post my suit down by the surfboard, nice. down the side of the house. 
I mean, this isn't a kit review podcast, as we've said before, but we we have to be honest. We yep. use a lot of kit. So Loads. we really want to talk about it. And, and I think in future, maybe we will do a little, you will feedback on whether this Need Essentials wetsuit is really good. As you heard in the earlier podcasts, and we did a few archives, so we leaped, we, we, we did quite a leap, didn't we, between the earlier episodes where I'm talking about my love of my sort of almost antique gold wetsuits. Yes. But since I got into the kind of O'Neill Psycho One, it has been a game changer. It was for a Psycho me. One, yeah. And um, even for sea swimming, which is my other, you know, I've tried the uh, hub. They do a lot of marketing and sponsor a lot of people. I'd love to hear what other people think honestly about this is that I find it easier to swim, sea swim in my surf wetsuits, the right one, than I have trying some of the tri suits or mm. the swimsuits. And maybe that's just me, but I think the quality of some of these suits now and the stretch and the ma- maneuverability, hey, you can go and swim for a good, good chunk of time in them and the buoyancy is there. So yeah, maybe we will have a look at some kit feedback. Big time. Uh, but send us your favorite stuff as well. I, I, you know, we're always up for trying new, new things. If you've got any ideas of, if anybody's tried Need Essentials. There's mm. a few, uh, Sasha at Zero Ego likes, uh, it's not Need Essentials, is it? It's really? another brand you're another thinking brand. of. I know, I can't but think of the name. Another che- more. Check them out. They're, they're Danish. More affordable brand. They've been much more affordable, with, but with still with high quality material. Yes. I, I, I gotta say, there's a massive, um, feeling of gratitude I get for kit in today's surfing world. Compare it to what it was back way when. Um, even, I mean, I mean, I've been surfing for 12 or 13 years. And even then, back in the day, back in the beginning of when I was really getting into it, the, the wetsuits weren't anywhere near as stretchy as they are today. Yes. Or as watertight or as durable, all these kinds of things. And the same, same with boards. Board technology has really come on. And it's, 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 it's so easy to start moaning yeah. about the cost of kit. But for goodness sake, if you actually look at the quality of what you're getting now in your boards and your suits, well, it makes sense that it's going to cost more money because Spe- it's, there's yeah. so much more technology that goes into it. Especially for me. I, I like a whinge about the cost of kit. You do I'm a like a whinge about you, Well, yes. And that's the stereotype. But the, here is the is surface. S-R. Surface. Toby has, my brother has one too. And surface I'll, tell you, suits. I'll tell you what these guys do, which is what Need Essentials do very well, is they really plug their stuff on social media because I get a lot of their sponsored posts. Yep. So that's why I'm aware of them. But yeah, there's some really, they're very affordable. So, but I haven't tried one, but that's the other one. Surface and Need Essentials. Very, very cool. They're just a very quick one on kit, an expensive kit. Because I sometimes balk at the cost of some of the, I mean, the board prices are expensive. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. But, um, you know, with sort of my other hat with the, as a nipper coach for surf lifesaving, I'm looking at sort of some new, um, race boards for myself. So the kids have these, and they're bloody expensive they're provided thankfully there's some nice sponsors that provide these boards for the kids but the kind of grown-up ones are super expensive mm. i mean mm. you're talking thousand quid plus and yeah for the cracker which is an australian mate 1700 quid yep Whew, it's a lot of wedge yeah kit is expensive and we discussed this on the pod before that you know whenever you're weighing up deciding to either get kit or not it's a very individual thing mm. it's a very individual thing some people are happier having less money in their bank account and more kit and more new kit and <laughs> buying that new kit more yeah. often, yeah. AKA <clears throat> moi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and other people are happier kind of holding off um, and, and saving cash for a rainy day and maybe spending it on other things. Yeah. I don't think there's any right way of doing it, but I think that in the end you only know yourself what you need to do yeah. in terms of keeping the balance Balance is everything. But at the same time, that balance is is a completely internal, individual thing. Some people are really, really happy spending where other people will be like, whoa, no way. I don't want to be doing that. 
So I think it's really important never to compare yourself. Yeah. And there's no right or wrong. It's what's what suits one person doesn't suit another. Definitely. And I suppose as long as it's not going into, we always talk, you know, that Taoist line between order and chaos. If it's too much order and you don't get enough chaos and vice versa, if you're in too much chaos because your spending's out of control and it impacts your life negatively mm. and therefore your well-being, and we talk a lot about well-being, then there needs to be some sort of leveling out there. And similarly, if it's too much, you're just kind of putting cash away and it's sitting in a bank account where you can't take it with you. So it's a fine balance between, you know, financial order and financial chaos. Big time. Um, there's a really, some somebody that um, we follow a lot, actually, um, we're just building our social out there, um, Salted Spirit yep. podcast. Some really great points made uh, and one for us to sort of come back to about financial wellness. We spoke about mm. it a little bit in the early episodes. Mm. Uh, but maybe that's a future episode and um, we'd love to do a probably a, a collaboration and chat. Definitely. With, it's with it's a factor. If, you, if you're living a surfing life, you're weighing up the finances yeah. of the whole thing. Fans aren't cheap. Boards aren't cheap. Wetsuits aren't cheap. Travel isn't cheap. It's It all needs sorting out and figuring yeah. out. And, you know, when you think about your goals in life, is it a valid goal to, yeah. to want to maybe earn more money so you can spend it on your surfing? Well, maybe. The line that I draw for me, and I, I always recall this, uh, example of when I lived and worked in London yep. and I was traveling down for waves on the weekend. I was earning a lot more money and able to spend a lot more, therefore, yes. on my surfing. And what I definitely can notice compared to today where I spend at least half that amount is that the boards and the suits and the kit and the clothes yep. didn't bring me that much happiness at all mm. when I was purchasing them. And I'd have like a rack of boards, so many boards. It became like this yep. obsession. Yep. But traveling did. Yes. So the thing I've really learned and try to implement is a much more minimalist uh, mindset. Yeah. Although other people would be like, you're a fucking liar. Yeah. <laughs> you just bought another wetsuit, right? But no, no, in my view, in my little world, yeah. I feel like I'm trying to adopt a much more minimalist viewpoint on boards, like two or three. Yes. That I definitely use. And that's been my kind of question. Do I use this piece of kit? If it's a yes, yeah. keep it in. But then also at the same time, I do have a goal to want to head back to that level of income I had in London, yeah. but not have to work so hard for it, yeah. which of course I know probably everybody wants, right? Earn good money without having to work too hard. But here's the thing is I would actually reinvest in that travel aspect again, yeah. even though that might not happen for a while. But it's because travel really like filled my soul. The yes. cup of my soul was full when I came back from a, tri a three-week yeah. trip. Like it was such money well spent, you know? Yes. Do you find that with, with how you spend money on various things? I'm not, by nature, a consumer of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I've fallen into that before just by virtue of being, uh, you know, you, you, I kind of, there are things I would like, but it's never really a sort of super need for me. Mm -hmm. But I do like the good, I like good things. Like I was saying about something Stacey said on this uh, Salted Spirit uh, point that she made on social around um, there is a connection between, and it's, it's not often spoken about in sort of uh, mindfulness conversations, wellness conversations around financial well-being mm. and the impact that it can have on anxiety levels, mental health, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, feelings of worth, fill in whatever blanks you want there around sort of the the kind of importance of it and the impact it has on us as human beings. Because, you know, to an extent, we are caught within this system. Mm careful to stay away from my sort of soapbox, but we are caught, we all benefit from and suffer from the system that we are in, in this sort of Western mm, world that we, mm. and, and it is a force for good and evil, if you like, mm -hmm. sort of good and bad. But one thing we don't do very well, and this is why I really liked her point was, and we've talked about it before, Will, where we don't really educate uh, at school level around 
financial well-being topics in order that people can, us humans that sort of live in these societies, can make choices that are informed mm. to get the most out of our lives and existence. Completely agree. Because it's almost like a sort of unspoken Totally is. I completely agree. Sex and money yeah. are two topics that don't get spoken about enough. Yeah, and they occupy everybody's mind probably more than anything else. More than anything. And so it's this thing where, you know, certainly for me, um, I've never been, I've never had less money, certainly in the last six months Yeah. Um, with coronavirus. And I was in a rebuild phase in my business and it was starting to go quite well. And then th- obviously things shut down. And yeah, we, we have never, ever had less money. And yet at the same time, I've never been healthier and happier. And I've never had more appreciation of my health and the ability to live by the beach and go surf and really help me realize what I might call true wealth. Yes. Um, I, I would say the same is that, you know, the precariousness of a business that during COVID mm. crisis with some or not of the support that is either available or not available, but trying to be responsible not only for people's jobs, but for your own kind of financial well-being during that period, because, you know, the taps are turned off. Probably we haven't even come out of the other end in terms of the impact that this will have on wider mental health and impact has been brutal on a lot of people who work for or with or own businesses as well but like you surfing and this is kind of bring it back to the the podcast as well i'm talking about financial and mental health connectivity i've never benefited more from surfing Mm. and the benefits of the ocean and the leveling effect it has on us as humans uh and and the endorphin release etc etc everything we talk about than at this time so it's been the best and the worst of times but the great thing has been that the benefits of surfing during that time have mm. really, really helped guide through and uh, th- through the sort of the darker moments when you think, fuck, what is going to happen with all of this? We by no at time of recording, we're by no means through it and um, it's going to have a big impact. So I think there's a whole show to do, it's not today, but on uh, financial well-being as surfers and uh on what the impact is and maybe what we can do to sort of improve or create some sense of order if that's what we we're looking to do or indeed tools to put some chaos in there if your life is too ordered from a financial perspective because yeah, like you that. say we just do not talk about it Nah, totally it's it's, it's, it's like i said it's the same with with sex and and that's a really odd one again because right. it's so important and the thing about these things is you know i've uh i found gratitude and the gratitude mindset yeah. to be the most valuable tool in staying well during any time of unrest and unease and, and, and unsettlement because, or, or feeling unsettled. Because what's remarkable um, when you think about life is that there's so many good things and, so, and there is so much good happening yeah. in your life at any one time, even if something pretty bad happens. <laughs> you know, you can even look at a day and I can look, I look at days sometimes and I, because I record a, a gratitude journal in the evenings. Yeah. I've always recommended it to anyone if they want to improve their mm. well-being, especially for bed, just to kind of give you that perspective on everything. And if you're dealing with stresses and maybe you're not being able to surf as much or you're carrying an injury that's stopping you from surfing or anything that maybe is affecting your surfing. Because yeah. this is what this show is all about. It's about life and surfing. And because, But of course, the two are completely intertwined. If life's more difficult than sometimes surfing can be. Yes. Or the other way around too, and like, like it's been for you. And like we're saying, sometimes the surfing that we talk about on here, and, and I've, I've had people who don't surf speak, speak to me about this, is a real metaphor for their lives. Big time. And as the Jerry Lopez quote that we were talking about the other day, to get deep, because we are a mindful kind of and well-being podcast, is is a mindset. Totally. Some elements of that. Totally agree. I do completely agree. And I think back to like, 
when gratitude was so important when I wasn't surfing in, living in London because I could start to see that my mind was focused on what I didn't have and what I didn't have was living by the sea. Mm. That was making me unhappy because my body would follow along. Like the, the mind and the body, the mind is like the, the owner of the dog holding the leash. If you're unconscious of your mind, you're unaware of your mind, it just pulls on the dog. Yeah. And the body is the dog. My body yeah. would feel de-energized and unhealthy and mm. depressed and whoa, like no energy because I, I wasn't aware that my mind was thinking thoughts that were making me feel a certain way. And when I then started to practice gratitude more and more, um, through through the help of people like Wayne Dyer, who I really mm. recommend anyone check out. There's a wonderful audio tape called The Power of Intention. Mm. It's a wicked, wicked audio book by Wayne Dyer. And I started to practice gratitude, like as in intentionally write down these things in the evening. And over time, I started to notice that despite the fact that my dream hadn't come true yet, true yet of, of moving back home to the coast mm. and being able to earn mm. a living, even though it hadn't happened, I was starting to see that there was so much good already going on in my life that I wasn't focusing on and I wasn't feeling those feelings of love for the fact that I had this amazing partner in my life and I wasn't feeling the feelings of joy for the fact that we had these wonderful parks near our home. I wasn't feeling the feelings of satisfaction for being able to exercise my healthy body. Like the list of things to be grateful for is infinite. In fact, it goes beyond the thousands, doesn't it? It goes into the infinite. Mm. And when I started to do it, I also started at the same time to notice that my creative mind was starting to come to life and it's like it's like the more gratitude i put into my my life the more energy i gave to the creative side of me and then in doing so started to actually sort my shit out enough to write a book to create an online following to start making money online and start giving myself some mobility and then we did eventually move back down to the coast so the fascinating thing bring it right back to financial health at the beginning there is that no matter what you're going through financially or, or in your health or, or whatever it is, relationships, no matter what, that might affect your surfing, if you can find the time and have the wherewithal to sit and write down what's been good about that day, 10 things you, that you enjoyed about that day or 10 things you're grateful for from that day, and you do it each day, it's like a 30-day challenge. We'll do this on the social, yeah. we'll do this on Instagram. Just see how you feel after 30 Com days. Completely. Because on a flippant level, it's a bit like the old Monty Python sketch where you're essentially sat in your own company saying, what have the Romans ever done for us? <laughs> you know, and then you get this list of, well, what about the roads that they built? And what about the uh, drainage and the sanitation? You know, if you've seen that, it's, it. it's, it's fantastic. I, I, yeah, what have I get the it. Romans ever done for us? Well, they've done a bit of this and a bit of that. Oh, yeah, okay. Apart from that, what have they done? <laughs> I get but it eventually now. you've got this long list. Initially, of, I didn't get it. I was yeah, like, well, you're too young for that. Well, what the yeah, hell's he on about? Where's he gone with this one? Right, but, uh, I get you, it. Uh, maybe I'll put a link to the sketch on there. But it is about being great. For, and it takes time because we're all human beings. And it's like we were talked about before, sometimes there's this negativity bias where you feel like you're a victim of everything. Mm. It's just creating that space to say, let's have a look at the good stuff for now. And just totally. try and kind of push that. George Spencer said something, and I know you're a big fan of him, Will, about this. He talked about compassion, but I think it can link into this sort of um, gratitude and journaling. And he, he said, when compassion becomes unconditionally ordinary and familiar for you, you have progressed from knowledge to experience, to wisdom. And it's mm. a, because it just takes you, compassion and gratitude are sort of linked sometimes, aren't they? So it takes totally. you into a place where you then start to kind of genuinely embody that compassionate position in life. Independent, he, this is his words, of kind of what's going on around you. Yeah. So if you're in a shit storm of a day, or there is no, you know, for purposes of this uh, show, there is no surf or 
somebody's pissed you off or the you're injured or, or you're injured or whatever it might be you kind of still have that compassion that gratitude for what you've got hey hope you're enjoying the show if you connect with what we do here at the mindful surfer why not share it with your friends or go on over to itunes and leave us a review because the more ratings we have the more likely it is liam and i can come back week after week and keep building this community of mindful surfers now let's get back to the show and I think it's healing too. Yeah. You know, talking about injuries, if you have injuries that's stopping you surfing or getting difficulties in relationships yeah. that are getting away your surfing, like basically if there's shit going on that's getting in the way of your surf, yeah, then you're the joy you're having in it. Um gr- gratitude practice is is a healer too. Yes. Because it's actually helping you realize how much good is in your day. That makes you feel a bit better. And if you feel a bit better, that actually has been proven to raise yeah. and boost your immune system. Yes. This is the most fascinating thing that we think that the mind and body are separate. Of course, that's ridiculous. No. Completely intertwined. The health of your body is dictated half by what you're doing with your mind. It's a fascinating thing. Completely, which is why PTSD is a real thing and and anxiety is a thing that, you know, your body does not distinguish. There's a lot of science on this and we talk a lot about it between perceived threat Mm -hmm. uh, and real threat. Because your instincts are still producing the same uh, response, cortisol response or fight, flight or fight, even though you are not actually in clear and present danger. Even though you're not there. Yeah. And this may have happened, leading me on now, in our last bit of Philosopher's Corner here. Might only be Philosopher's Corner with the time time limits. I know, well, quite. That you had a little bit of that in recent surfs. Yeah. And so it's perceived threat versus actual threat. Yeah. I mean, we went uh, sort of last week, there was some pretty thumping surf. There was forecast three to five, and it was not three to five. Well, I know. I spoke to some guys who were also at Constantine, and they said that was, you know, it was pretty heavy. We went to Morganporth, and we had a dip at Watergate. No secret spots there, just the sort of main... And for those of you who don't know, well, these are spots in England. They're in England. Southwest England, if you're listening to this around the world. They're in Cornwall. But we just hit, you know, and two things with this. Being very authentic where I am on this kind of, on my surf journey and there's a lot of people who will hopefully relate to this and is you know you you think you're surfing for a long time you don't really surf for a long period between when you started and, and when you come back to it and there's a lot there's a big mountain to climb in terms of learning uh, but it's 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 an easier mountain to climb if you acknowledge where you're at and you you're honest with your fears your mistakes what you can do what you can't do but we've been sort of will and i surfing together and progressing and uh, listening to sort of will's input and voraciously consuming surf media now from a learning perspective even at my age because one of the things that was not available to surfers of my generation particularly in the uk were all the how-to videos or surfscape practice you know we skateboarded yes but we weren't being shown what to do there we surfed but it was basically unless you lived by a really good break and you had a coach to go with you just had to work it out yourself so uh anyway we've sort of been progressing and i've been uh enjoying some of my uh surfs and feeling more and more confident in some of the things that we're doing and then we hit those waves and it was as if the ocean gave me a really good punch in the nose to say don't get too cocky uh you all git uh <laughs> so it was just heavier the takeoffs were steeper they were it was hitting sandbars and barreling but with a very brutal wipeout when you came off. And I just was pulling out a lot more waves. Had a little wipeout, which landed on my fins, which really then kind of just cuts the fear up of, in, in you a little bit more. Uh, you start to blame your equipment, which is not something I usually do, but I, I did for five minutes after the surf. And then just to add insult to injury, just this is Cornwall basically telling me to have a break and stop stealing their waves. I stood on a weaver fish. If anybody's ever done that, it's quite a sort yeah. of painful thing. And then I had to run up the beach with Will because we were late. We were both late to get home. <laughs> So the sight of me having had a, 
again. Having had a washed I'm like, out come surf, on, Liam. Having had a washed out surf hobbling up the beach at Morganporth must have kept the beachgoers very happy. But no, it was interesting. It's a fascinating insight though, into how the mind can be overwhelmed. Definitely. And I think that as you... It was heavy, but it wasn't like... When I say heavy, this is my level of heavy. We're not talking yeah. what sort of Adam Amin, who we'll be speaking to in the next few weeks, uh, does, yeah. or what the guys at Pipeline do. This is heavy by Liam standards in Cornwall. Yes, and it's so relative. Ideally, what we, what we want in surfing is to stretch the comfort zone gradually yeah. over time. Yeah, And each time you do, you sort of get a little bit more adapted yeah. to certain type of condition, and then you just keep going, yeah. keep going, and eventually you are comfortable and double overhead barreling waves or you don't have to be i mean this is the other thing we spoke about yesterday when we didn't record the show was that wherever you are on your surfing trajectory you need to know where you're happiest at and Mm. you don't have to love big waves to progress as a surfer Mm -hmm. and equally you don't have to love small happy summer beach breaks to progress as a surfer. it's all there's something in the ocean for everybody from from the ross clark jones and the andrew cottons and the guys that charge uh, Nazare um, and people like Justine Dupont. I'm not. There's some amazing surfers, humans who go and do those big waves. To people who just enjoy riding a foam at their local break, it's, there's something in it for everybody. There is massively, and we've discussed this before. Like, yeah. is is it important to stretch your comfort zone yeah. in the size of surf you go into? If it's important to you, then it is. One thing to consider here, if you're in that space of of t- trying to get into surf that's heavier and bigger. And we discussed this in yesterday's recording, although it, got, it never got quite got recorded, but it's to really break it back down into the process as opposed to thinking of the result. Now, the result is I want to go out there and ride a double overhead wave, take a massive takeoff and get all this incredible joy from yes. really feeling that, that this surge of adrenaline and then the speed at which you go on the wave. And for me personally, when I see a big canvas, yeah. it's got to be a good way or that barrel. It's just the joy levels mm. for me go through the roof. But that's the end result. That's the end product of the process. And, yes. and, and people in psychology, sports psychology talk about this all the time. You know, a batsman want to scores, wants to score a century. Well, you only score a century by facing one ball at a time. Yeah. And a lot of those balls you're going to have to leave and, and you might be perceived as being boring. And some of them you're going to have to defend and you're going to, and then you build an innings and you get to a hundred runs. But in surfing, you get to that wave. That double overhead canvas to, or to head and half or whatever conditions you're trying to push yourself into, even just more powerful surf or whatever, yeah. head high even to real beginner is a real yeah. thing, right? The head high waves. Well, as Will, William Finnegan says in Barbarian Days, waves are not measured in size as much as they're measured really in increments of fear. This is it. That's subjective to the person that's going into them. Correct. 100%. The process drive... Is mindfulness, yeah, because it's it's get in the sea, hold your board, you know, start paddling, hand in the ocean, hand in the ocean, feel the ocean. There's the first duck dive, okay, duck dive, so on so forth. Next duck dive, but what you want to be doing is remaining aware hmm. of when your mind, because it will, starts going into how big is it? Yeah, I wonder if this next one's going to smash me. Am I ever going to get out? Yeah, am I on the wrong board? What am I doing? Why am I here? Like it's the, why am I here is another big one. Like, yeah. you know, this isn't making me happy. Stick to the process. Now you've been aware of your mind, yeah. deep breaths and the breathing, the breath work is essential stuff. Yeah. You listen to any of the big wave surfers, yeah. they'll tell you they're doing so much work now on this four seconds in, mm. eight seconds out, yeah. really just bring the breathing back, slow, deep strokes into the ocean. Now listen, you might not be able to breathe slowly like that if you're if you're really paddling into the mix and yeah. you're getting smashed. But ideally, just can center and control your breathing and bring it back to the mindfulness of right. There's my hand. There's the view. 
I'm about to duck dive. And even if you have to ditch dive, yeah, because the wave's so big, you just push your board out of the way and you start swimming down. But it's all the stories you got to watch out for. Yeah, There's all these little stories of, oh, what if that happens? And what if this happens? And what if I get that happening? And, and how am I going to manage this? And why am I here? <laughs> why, why am I here? And certainly when you're getting battered, yeah. We start to blame our decision-making process or other people or the wrong board. Like, the fuck am I doing? Why am I? This is just... Rather than just dealing with the situation that you're faced with. This is it. This is it. And the, here's the, the next bit that I want to mention to this, which is that ego can actually be an aid in that process. Because one thing's for certain is that we're never going to get away from ego. Yeah. And it's always going to be apparent in all areas of life. But in particular, we're talking about surfing here. There is ego involved. Okay. Yes. You can't expect to take off on a wave with, let's say, six locals watching you. That if you don't bang out your your best cutback with massive spray, that you're not having this egoic lift of I think people have just seen that. Yes. It's, it'd be impossible because you're now denying human nature. But what we're trying to do is when we think about big waves, is there becomes this thing or can become this thing where if you're in a group of surfers or you have a let's say one of the surfers you go with, because that's very common. Yes. We have our mates and go surfing with. Yeah. Some may, if not probably, will be more familiar, more comfortable with certain types of conditions. Now, what that does to our ego is say, oh, no, I've got to, I've got to keep up with this. And I must, and I ought to, and I, sh- I should go in the ocean with X, Y, Z, because they're doing it. And because they're doing it, I don't want to be left behind. And I must go, and I, I must do it. And what it does is, is it creates this little shield of you might be deep down super shit scared. I remember having this with my brothers. I remember being in Hawaii because I have two brothers that live there. One of them's going to come on the show, actually. And I remember being taken out in Hawaii into into some serious waves. And I was super, super scared. And I know 100% it was my ego taking me out there. The thing is, though, I took an absolute throttling Mm -hmm. because of my ego. And I took it and I took it and I took it and I carried on because I wanted to show them that I could do it. Yes. And I took it and I took it. And eventually what happened was I got a wave And I got this absolute rush, got pounded again. But my ego eventually created this little back door into authentic joy. Yes. Because I realized that actually, oh, no, no, no. This is now becoming about me. I'm quite enjoying the massive challenge involved in this. I'm quite enjoying that I'm not very good at this yet. And I'm not comfortable at this. So my personality is this kind of person where... If something's not comfortable and I'm not good at it, and I want right, I want to get better at this. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, be kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. If a lot of the big wave stuff starts egoically, because often it will. Yeah. You know how you, how you're chatting to the lads after in the yeah. in the car park. Like, did you go out? Did you make it out? How it's big a, was it? How big was it? There's a load of bollocks ego yeah. that goes into surfing, yeah. but it is in some ways yeah. an important gateway mm. into the happiness mm. of going into more powerful and bigger waves. Of course. I think there's always that trade-off, isn't there? Because the riskier something is, the reward's higher. It's like anything. Mm-hmm. It's a sort of balance. It is the dance between chaos and order. And so you have this situation where if you're prepared to push it, which obviously we're doing a bit here, in the, within the confines of a safety zone, right? So we talk about we talked about that yesterday. Safety and comfort zones are very different things. But sometimes the safety vo- safety zone in surfing is always pushed to an extent because we're dealing with a, a risky pursuit. And life's risky, as we've often said. But, you know, there's different scales of risk. And the more you dial up that risk, the more outside your safety zone sometimes you can be. But as long as you do risk assessments and you stay within the parameters of where, you know, we're not talking about taking, uh, well, me out, for example, but people like me who are on that sort of improver scale into heavy dredging surf in big parts of the world. It's about just challenging some of the 
uh, edges and the corners of mm-hmm. your uh, of your comfort and safety zone. Um, but some of that is challenging your mind because fear is there as a sort of almost self-preservation. But at the same time, as philosophically speaking, fear, once you're free of the shackles of that, and everybody's frightened, no one is, is unafraid because uh, it's a human instinct. Um, but if you can free yourselves from that and condition yourselves away from it, the rewards can be ma- massive. And this is sort of almost goes way back into ancient philosophy, as people like Seneca said. Uh, I'm not quoting him verbatim here, but he who is brave is free. There's a real sort of truth in that. Massively. It's so true. Especially dude. in surfing. Dude, anything I've done in my life that's no. been really scary before, yeah. that you then ended up doing, yeah. and you've come away having gone, wow, I actually did the thing I was yeah. afraid of, has given me a feeling that I will not try and describe in words. It yeah. actually goes into the spiritual. I think we've been born with fears. Yeah, This is just a complete personal opinion. We've been born with fears that have been put there to test us, to ask us, who do you want to become? Yeah. And in doing so, it's not the becoming, it's not the final result that's the joy. Yes. It's the in the becoming, it's the journey yes. of the getting the throttlings yeah. that you then look back in hindsight and go, oh, wow, it's, this is all yeah. happiness. Because yes, there's the high and the successes, et cetera, of getting, and getting more comfortable in bigger waves and getting the way of your life and all these, these, these epitome, these moments where yeah. things come together, your, your own personal Everests. But as we know, it's that journey up the mountain, the, 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 the onslaught, the difficulties, the challenges. This, we don't think is happiness, yeah. but actually it is. You cannot get the satisfaction, those moments. You can't get them without the challenge in between. So it is all to be embraced. It's like a of melting pot of, so the pain <laughs> when you're getting throttled and you're getting being held under and then when you fall off and all the pain of these things is essential in that happiness growth. Of, of course it is because, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, Yeah, to quote the old cliche. But also it's like anything, isn't it? You cannot have one without the other. And so the joy of overcoming something, and there we are back into the whole uh, metaphor for everything in life. And we talk, whether it's financial well-being and the overcoming the fears in that, and the anxiety in that, whether it's in surf, whether it's in um, other parts of the sporting world that you put cricket in, in your instance, will, where you're putting yourself through something that is uncomfortable and at times painful. If you can squeeze out of the other side, it is a, f- a phenomenally rewarding place. And even for the thrashing that I had, and actually I, I'll, I'll put into the mix Croyd in that as well, because we talked mm, about that, that was a bit, mm, a bit of a beating. Mm. Even the feeling of putting your feet back on the sand is, is, is euphoric, isn't it? Whatever the level is there that you're doing that at, as I say, peg that in your own increments of fear. Incredibly rewarding. I, I totally agree, dude. And I yeah. think also what's really important in the, in the journey of your life as a surfer and just life in general is, is, is this aspect of overcoming fear and becoming who you can become. Yeah. Of just how important it is to allow people to have their opinions. Yeah. About what it is you're doing with your journey. Yeah. Listen to them. Yeah. Let them be right. Yeah. And fuck them anyway. Yeah. And I don't mean like literally. Yeah. And I don't mean aggressively either. I don't mean about calling people out and telling them that they're an X, Y, Z. I more just mean peacefully and calmly carrying on with the direction of your choosing that you know is right for you. I'll give you an example that was just about to go off to Bali whenever it was five years ago. And actually incidentally got cancelled because of yeah. a volcano. But anyway, my client just was like, well, you cannot go and do these these big wave trips anymore and go and surf these places and do these things. You've got a family. I looked at her and I had this little like decision to make like whether it was one way or the other do i kind of rise up and say what the hell are you on about i was training this client and she's saying stuff like that like this is my life what do you that's crazy there's risk everywhere i was going to go on to that whole thing yeah. but i just sort of went yeah no no yeah yeah, yeah. 
No, I get it. No, you're right. And I, yeah, yeah. I'll just keep it. I'll make sure I go in smaller stuff. And yes, as if I go in smaller stuff, I love going in big waves. And the bigger, the better. Past a certain degree, I've never gone anything kind of over 15 feet. Yeah. Uh, like like Jaws style mm. like, or Mav, mm. Ma- Mavericks. And and I don't think I would. I, mm. I don't think I'm going to be at that level in my mm. lifetime, but never say never. Mm. Certainly up to, up to 10, 12 feet. Like mm. I, I really do like big stuff in that way. It's my decision to make. And the drive down to the beach statistically would have been riskier anyway. And yeah. I think that's been one of the classic line surfers have used for years. And listen, who am I to say that, that, you know, someone shouldn't have an opinion on my health and well-being more so because they probably just love and care about me yes. and want me to be happy in my life with my family. Okay. And I know people are coming from the right place. Yes. Is our opinions needed? Hell fucking no. Yeah. But I know people are coming from the right place. What I'm getting at is know yourself and be true to that. Yeah. Um, Very biblical. It is true, isn't it? And the other thing within that is complacency, mm. as we often talk about, can be way more dangerous than the fear that dials in because of the conditions that are more challenging. Both you and I have nearly come a complete cropper on fun summer waves. Yeah. Because you, you become complacent, as we're saying, in a place that requires respect at all times. The sea requires utter respect at any given time. I've had my worst injuries in smaller waves. Yeah. I've almost paralyzed myself. Yes. Jumping off a little wave. Yeah. I've had some proper reef cuts yeah. on, on certain places around the yeah. world when it's been little because it's yeah. breaking shallower. Yeah. I've had boards flying to my face because there's lots of people around and you're surfing in the shallows and you've like, you know when you jump off your board yeah. in the shallows and yeah. your ankle kind of goes? My worst stuff has happened in the shallows and in small waves. Yeah. When you get into big waves or bigger waves, more powerful stuff, there's normally fewer people. Yeah. You're more alert. You're more aware. Yeah. You're kind of more on it all yeah. round. Your body's in the fight and flight yes. state and all these things. So you tend not to get yeah. hurt. I use the analogy, actually. There's a real nice parallel here that's just come to mind, which is rugby. Wow. And in rugby, my first coach, Peter O'Brien, a great guy, mm. really inspired me to tackle well, tackle hard, mm. because he explained that if you go in half hard, I mean, yeah. you know this from football, if you yeah. go in half hard and you go in sort of a bit more just relaxed or a bit more timid or a bit whatever, yeah. that's when you get hurt. And, and I, I never forget those words. And from then on, I used to just throttle people it was my yes. favorite thing was to go head first into yeah. tackles trying to tackle people way bigger than myself and oftentimes coming off way worse than they did but when i did come off worse i would more just kind of bounce off yeah i wouldn't get into an awkward position of like breaking a bone or anything i would i would just ba- like just bounce off just basic physics this yeah. guy was way bigger than faster than me but loads of times i would connect and smash yes. and it would they would just come straight to the ground commitment there was one tackle that i always remember though it's about 14 years old as a pe lesson i kind of half went into it and broke my shoulder. I kind of just half got my body in the wrong place. I sort of went in to tackle him softly because it was just PE. Yeah. It, it was a low yes. key, just lesson. Yes. And there you go. I was like, fuck. I know. And it's the same in surfing. Hopefully that sort of same, yeah, surfing and sport and life is that complacency can be dangerous, but dancing with that fear and, and, and embracing the kind of heightened sense of being alive that comes with it can really pay dividends and rewards and all of that sort of stuff. Massively uh, do. And being committed to something, having the commitment to grow, develop, learn, and put yourself in places that is outside of that comfort zone, but also can sort of test the corners of the safety zone at the same time. Definitely. And what's so, so nice about surfing, what's wonderful about it, in yeah. fact, is that you're doing it and you're testing this comfort zone of, your, yeah. of, of yours. You're doing it in this natural environment with sometimes no one around. Yeah. And so it's only really just you competing with nature yeah. and that's what that's why we love it yeah. that's why we, we're not trying to compete with you're trying to harness it yeah. and get into the flow of it and this is 
so much of why, if not in almost entirely why we love surfing so much, is the chaos of it all, the size and the power and whatever else is going on. And we're trying to kind of fit in, fit a little bit of order into all that. Yeah. And that's what makes it so magical. It's a magical thing. So let, on that note. Yeah. Short and sweet this we one. We kept it short and sweet today and we, and we stuck to Philosopher's Corner. Next week. Yes. Quickly. We're going to have guests yes. coming. This is not a super guest show, is it? We're not really a fully on with guests, but we want to invite people into a conversation that really will hopefully um, embody what the Mindful Surfer is about and enhance kind of some of the messages that come out from it, really, and people that hopefully you guys are, are interested in hearing from. Definitely, definitely. And we'll, and we'll have our segments back too. We will so have we have segments today, but we'll have segments and guests coming, guys. So watch this space. Yeah, And here's a tip for you all. Always remember to press record. Thank you very much, Liam. Thank you for that. Till next week. I'm going to punch him in the face after this. <laughs> See you See later. Ya. Cheers, See guys. You. See you.